0: Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings.
2: Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it.
0: This is Top Flag Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Bow, bow, bow.
2: I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So, what?
0: Uh, welcome along. It's the um, History Box. We're looking at the first issue of Loaded Magazine from 1994. And um, I'm looking at how far did we get through? Not very far. We just got slightly beyond. Um
2: Platinum early, didn't early oh we? it's early
0: yeah then we looked at the Platinum Rogues for a bit yeah I think we, we covered that um, yeah. oh yeah we we're going to we, I don't know we're going to talk about but the great moments in life page mm. which is basically history books yeah in magazine form back in 1994 yeah where they look at that uh, Ronnie Radford goal for Hereford United against Newcastle United in the FA Cup third round in 1972. It's that one they always trot out when it's the beginning of the yeah. FA Cup season. It's it's the magic of the cup. Um writ large. Yeah. Um that, that fucking goal that he blasts from 35 yards out in the mud at Hereford. Um that's what the FA Cup is all about. Shocks and upsets and giant killings and that. Um just seeing what actually Tells us, uh, Ronnie Radford was forty-nine when this magazine was produced. That goal seems so so far away in the mists of time, <clears throat> nineteen seventy-two. Yet Ronnie Radford was still only forty-nine.
2: Yeah, younger when this than this
0: magazine you. came out. Younger than me. So that'll be we're looking at tw- fucking twenty-eight years since this magazine came out. So Ronnie Radford will now be 67.
2: The gap seemed bigger. So me reading this in, it really exposed a lot of 70s culture, which would have been Mm. more like my brother's era to me. Do you know what I mean? Like stuff like Mm. this actually wasn't, and and I think we said last week, all the stuff in the platinum rose characters to me. And I tell you what else, the Sweeney, which like not long after this, they started serializing in comic form. Yeah. Like, you know, like looking Used To. They did, basically did, like, comic form um, episodes of The Sweeney and something else. Maybe they did it with Get Carter, I'm not sure. But basically, a lot of great 70s culture that I was kind of unaware of. And I don't know if I'd even seen this clip, but when I was reading this, it seemed like ancient history sort of thing.
0: Yeah.
2: What I yeah, like I is the way me. that it focuses this piece by John Wilde, who is an excellent writer... And um, a brilliant interviewer. And he's the guy who told... I, I'm pretty sure he's the guy who told me the story about um, <clears throat> Sting giving him 500 quid. Do you remember that one? I don't remember that Last one. Last question. The PR guy, I've told it before on this podcast, but the po- the, 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 he's in there in, interviewing Sting and there's a PR present sort of policing mm-hmm. it like they do sometimes. And they said, Last question. And he went, oh, come on. And then no, no, last question, we're on a very tight schedule. So he goes, all right, will you give me or lend me £500? And the PR's <laughs> like, why well, you can't ask that? And Sting goes, oh, hang on a minute. What? What for? And he went, I've had a terrible run of luck recently. I've just <laughs> spit up my girlfriend. I'm really stressed with work. And I just think I could do the holiday. I'm going to go nuts. And Sting goes, yeah, all right, fine. And he went, oh, I can't believe it. I didn't think you were going to say yes. I often make that my last question in interviews, and people just laugh it off. We went, yeah, but to be honest, I've like I've earned more than that in the time it's taken me to write the check. <laughs> <laughs> Roxanne's earned more than that in royalties alone. <laughs> so I don't know. That's apocryphal. I, I'm going to get back in touch with John Wilde and ask him. But um, ask him about it. But John, Wilde, it, sound, uh, it
0: sounds it sounds right because I have heard that Sting is very generous. He's
2: generous, isn't he?
0: Yeah, I have heard that.
2: Well, anyway, what I like is the way that John Wilde writes not so much about the goal, but about the image of the fans running onto the pitch in their green parkers.
0: Yeah. And you look at it, that was 22 years after it happened. We're now further away from this issue of Lauded than this issue of Lauded was from that Ronnie Radford goal mm. Mm. in 1972, which is mad. It's
2: amazing, isn't it? It's depressing. <laughs> I, I remember, it reminds me of... um. In the early 90s I was when the whole kind of Manchester thing happened, right? I got very enthused by that. We're not talking Euro 96 Brickpot. we're talking before that in like late like 89 90, right? When yeah. when Mad, when the Happy Mondays in too. Ran. I used to I was I was dripped from Head to Toe in Joe Blogs. Joe Blogs, right? At my school when it first happened. Because I was a keen magazine reader, I became aware of this scene right mm. but it it hadn't reached on it certainly hadn't reached you, fucking southwest london you were right? aware
0: of it before all the noble children
2: i was yeah no but the, a lot of the kids were still into i guess iron maiden no 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 like hip-hop at my school <laughs> like you know cool kids would probably have been into hip-hop music in that era yeah. and they were an indie music was not something at my school that was particularly popular right
1: mm.
2: and and I remember being really into reading about it in magazines. And then, obviously, thought it was all in Manchester. It came to the South last, right? And it, I don't think it ever really took hold. Like, lots of people in the South loved the music, but you mm. didn't see that many kids going around dressed up in the gear, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And, and Leeds got promoted. Uh, I suppose that must have been in 1990, right, when they got promoted. I mean, yeah. And, it, like, in my lifetime... Leeds had never been a top division side, not in my time supporting football, So they'd been missing yeah. for the whole of the 80s, hadn't they? And, they, right. and, they uh, and the kids all ran on the pitch. I was watching it, and the kids all ran on the pitch at the final whistle. And I was absolutely enthralled by all these Northern kids, and they were all wearing baggy jeans and bucket hats. <laughs> and I was, like, absolutely besotted by this, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, I turned up at school... Dressed in this sort of gear after that summer, right? Looking like Perry from Harry Enfield. Very much like that. And I was really going out on a limb because none of my, hardly any mates or anything at this stage were like, and uh, I was doing my GCSEs that year and in the quiet gymnasium where you're on those little desks that they get out just for the exams, the little individual singular desks. And there's graffiti going back years, do you know what I mean? Like, right mm. back to the 70s, there's people fucking... There's graffiti that says Sex Pistols and shit like that on it. And someone had written on the desk, My name is Sam Delaney, and I think I'm from Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was fuming, actually. I mean, I fucking should have taken hell. it as a compliment, because I had started dressing in that way. But at mm. the same time, as a, from a football perspective... I was very... That was the other thing I was well into. And I didn't... And there was a lot of sort of... There was a lot more regional um, splits then than there are now mm. because there wasn't the internet. Uh, so I was fuming about it. But I think I was just enthralled by these northern kids dressing that way. I just thought it was excellent. And can't so, play football, but, You can't play football in flares, Sam. Well, I fucking... I came a cropper, didn't I? Because I tried to play football in some baggy shorts that were very Manchester-inspired. And I got stuck on top of the fucking fence trying to get the ball back. (laughs) And Mr. Killett, the PE teacher, goes, what are you doing stuck up there? I "I had to get the ball back, but my shorts got caught. He goes, well, it says you're right, wearing those fucking ridiculous shorts The PE. (laughs) Uh,
0: So Ronnie Radford, yeah, he's 49, uh, earning his crust as a joiner in Yorkshire. He says, of course I've got that goal on video these days. Whenever we have visitors around, the family always get it out and play it over and over so it's logged for posterity. Hereford gave me a lovely rose bowl to remember it by. But you don't have to be given anything tangible, do you? That can can better the warm recollections in your head. Most of all, it's nice to be able to think that when I'm six foot under, feeding the worms, there'll be something to remember me by.
2: (laughs) Is Rodney Radford still alive?
0: I'm just going to have a look at that, I'm not sure. Because I've got no idea who's alive or dead now. It doesn't...
2: Have you given uh, up trying to track it? Uh, you, it you, used to have sp- you used to have a spreadsheet, didn't you? Have you well, given up one, on that That now?
0: I did one on my computer, on my PC. Yeah. But um, I, it just was, well, up it I just... It was just called that, Who's
2: Dead and Who's Alive, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, 2016 pretty much finished me off when they were just dying every day.
2: Yeah, your computer melted under the pressure. That's...
0: That, that. That still does my fucking nut in 2016. Yeah, when all them celebrities died in that year.
2: And you know what's special then, about it is that I was doing the radio, and for a lot of those deaths, I got you on air. <laughs> yeah, <I> was, <laughs> yeah. This is two years before Top Flight Time Machine began, but mm-hmm. you know the real archivists out there can find out, like uh, Andy, being my regular obiturist.
0: <laughs> I was. I was your personal obituarist. Yeah, Je- dressed like a jester as well. Get tossed off the line. <laughs> Corbett's dead. Well, that was the first one. It was the first time I'd come in to uh, actually do something in the studio with you, at yeah. uh, talk radio, and it was to do some Get In The Sea stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, and but Corbett died while you were
0: there. Corbett died then. You broke the news, I think, that Corbett had died, oh, and uh, I had to provide an immediate obituary, and uh, it was then that my talent for it was discovered, and I became your official obituist.
2: Uh, I tell you that. what, I'm saying to the producer, I tell you what, that Dawson... He fucking knows his stuff. He's got he's got the right balance between depth of knowledge and somber, respectful tone. <laughs> <coughs> he's got a few left
0: field anecdotes that aren't common knowledge
2: that
0: he's picked up over the years of his obsession with celebrity. Brilliant. Yeah, March twenty sixteen was when Ronnie Corbett pegged it. Another just twenty sixteen. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember I read a piece in one of the newspapers that said, yes, of course, this will be how it will be from now on because uh, we're seeing the tail end of the huge boom in celebrity in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, And you see, many, many of these celebrities will now die on a regular basis. We'll be engulfed by it. No, fucking no, didn't happen. 2016 ended after killing all them celebrities, ending with George Michael and Rick Parfitt from status quo on Christmas Day.
2: Fucking hell.
0: dead then 2017
2: but a normal which one hit you, which one hit you hardest mate prince you know what my instinct is to say prince that's the one that i remember most but actually the one that hit me the one that laid me low emotionally was george michael <clears throat> because that was christmas
0: day as well it yeah. was
2: christmas day Mm. I remember the exact moment. I was on air when I heard Prince had died. And I had a feeling, you know, (laughs) I just had this feeling that had been lingering in me for a while. I think Prince might die, right? I Mm. don't know why. I think it was ever since Jacko died, I thought Prince will be looking at that and thinking, hey, maybe my next big move is to die.
0: Prince nearly died a few weeks before, do you remember?
2: Right, okay. passed out on
0: a plane or something, he collapsed.
2: Right, so that might... So So it was kind of... I was gutted... But there was something about uh, George Michael. It was Christmas. And I often thought, you know, like I used to spend Christmas with my cousins when I was a kid. And I've got very fond memories. And we all used to share a love of pop music. That was one of the things that when we saw each other, we'd all talk about, you know. And for some reason, I associated my my cousins in Italy with a love of George Michael and (laughs) Wham, right? (laughs) Partly because my older cousin, we used to always say he looked like George Michael. Right, because mm. he had that big George Michael slash Lady die hair in the eighties, right? Mm. And so there was something about George Michael that felt Christmassy to me. Obviously, last Christmas when he died, mate, I was there was a lot of deaths with that year, but that one it was it almost finished me off. I think that was the only one where I was like had tears because it. And also, I guess Prince, of course, is my favorite artist of all time. But George Michael, he felt like one of us in a weird way, didn't he? Yeah,
0: and the fact that it was Christmas Day as well. Was just
2: thing I was know. I think
0: I was just punched drunk by then
2: from yeah. celebrity and death. also drunk drunk <clears throat> and probably
0: drunk drunk. <laughs> it, it, it just came on the news George Michael has died. I just went fucking course he has oh, course he fucking has the drunk my flies.
2: I texted my cousins straight away. I was like, can you believe this is happening? <clears throat> and Twitter really melted down that night, didn't it? I don't know if yeah. you remember, but like, oh my god, people were fucking people were struggling big time.
0: Yeah. And um, and of course, poor Rick Parfitt actually his was, his was Christmas Eve, but I don't think it was announced till Christmas Day. His, it was like overshad- he got it stolen.
2: It was really Which, wasn't
0: it? Like Mother Teresa and Princess Diana again.
2: If you look at, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but if you look at records sold, I mean, States quo, are right up there as well. Rick Parfitt meant probably as much to a lot of people as George Michael did to us, mate.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, it started with pretty much a boy. In January, yeah. that that I took the day off for that because mm. I was just fucking thought I was going to get nothing done that day, so I just sat and watched tributes all day long on Sky News and everything BBC News. Victoria Wood was the one I think probably. Yeah, you. Along you with I remember
2: you doing a good old bit of Victoria Wood on sort Radio Drive Time. Did I? Yeah. I don't remember that I was an autopilot by them, Sam. Andy, Sam Delaney here. You're live on air. Victoria, Victoria Wood is Go. dead. Initial Go. thoughts. Three minutes, go. Initial thoughts (laughs) followed by feelings. (laughs) Do your thoughts first, then your feelings. Go.
0: I had a red um, bat phone installed in my house in the end. Yeah. The obituary phone. (laughs) <laughs> and whenever there was a celebrity death, it was just rigging It would be you, and I would just <laughs> immediately start commenting.
2: Who's dead now? That's it. This podcast more or less started as just one ongoing obituary, and then <laughs> people stopped dying, so we had to switch to other matters like muscles.
0: Mm. Okay, so that uh, Ronnie Radford is still alive, apparently, according to Wikipedia.
2: Do you it's want to talk guy. about Doctor Mick?
0: Um, yeah. It's it's all right, the Doctor McPage. It's okay. I thought it was brilliant. Page. Yeah, I don't think you it's, don't, it's, I don't think that bothered. I liked it at the time. I don't think it's aged very well.
2: Oh, okay. I thought it was like um, one of the real definitive features where when I picked it up for the first time, and also yeah. a page like this, you'd usually expect at the back of a magazine. Cause it's like a quirky, silly bit that's throwaway on the last page. But they've put this right up front, devoted a whole page to letters. I read in James's book what that they've got a picture of who's supposed to be Dr. Mick, which is a man who looks like the ultimate this and that, sort mm. of a kind of a Latin-looking gentleman with a big moustache <clears throat> sat at his desk, cradling a handgun. And it's a brilliant photo. But actually, yeah. that is a real person. I can't quite remember who it is, but it was a real archive picture that they'd right. got from the shoot archives. I think he was, like, the owner of some South American football club. <laughs>
0: All right, right, okay. And,
2: like, he'd, I, I'm pretty sure, like... James had seen that, uh, like in shoot or somewhere, and he'd gone to their. He yeah. went to their picture archive a lot to get funny old pictures, and he got that out. and They said, "We'll just make that Doctor Mick," <laughs> and it, and of course, it's written by one of the lads from Modern Toss, right? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I think it's written by Mick um, Bunnage. Mick Bunnage, that's right. Yeah, he wrote it. Um, and I thought it was I'm very at- funny. But yeah, maybe as an age like I'll get just give the listeners an impression. All these letters presumably made up say things like, Dear Mick, I'd like to get in touch with the bird in the Cadbury Flake advert. I'm desperate. I've tried everyone else. You're my last hope. And Dr Mick says, You're in luck, Silas. Her name is Karen. And then he gives a full address and phone number. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. writes, Good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah. She lives in Trumpet Street, apparently. So I don't know if that's an actual... Trumpet Street, yeah.
2: Um, Uh, Yeah
0: An early example of doxing there I don't think we we like all that much anymore
1: Jalapeño Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt Now imagine them getting even softer over time so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months, plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Jalapeño. There we go. a uh, strange but true from the weird world of the global media. Mm. Um, you know, it's the sort of thing that would just crop up on the internet. Every yeah, now, year, all, now. now,
2: again, like you could go to foreign newspapers or even local newspapers and find really funny, weird stories, reprint yeah. them in the mag. And I used to love little bits like this in the magazine. Yeah, uh, It was just a smart little idea. Whereas you're right, now I was looking at it and saying, well, you couldn't do that now. Because if there's a funny local news story anywhere in the world, it's on Twitter within a few seconds, isn't it?
0: and i'm not sure how much of it's true to be honest because the second one says wyoming state legislature recently banned the photographing of rabbits during january february march and april without an official permit
2: <laughs> <laughs> could be true mate i don't think i don't think america's is. a strange place isn't it?
0: i don't think that's true um i'm sure some of it is um but i'm sure some of it isn't <laughs> but there's again that's the thing that's the thing with this is that's that whole that whole kind of rule breaking thing Uh, Mm. you know who says that magazines have got to be full of stuff that's true you know let's make stuff up and just pass it off as as true if we want to
2: I I had this idea for a magazine that I mean we'll never get around doing it but a magazine which I guess is sort of in the spirit of loading certainly in the spirit of top flight time machine a magazine called Mucking About magazine right Right. and it was just a whole magazine about mucking about yeah right so you'd just have knocked down ginger you know, five new hotspots for knockdown yeah. Down Ginger or like, you know, talking when you shouldn't be, chatting in a library, just loads of different mucking about stories and advice scenarios. and maybe an yeah. interview each week with like someone who's well known for being really good at mucking about.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, the, well, the obviously <clears throat> the hero would be Jeremy Beadle, but unfortunately he's dead, but you could do a retrospective. On the king of mucking about, couldn't you?
0: Yeah, you could interview his ghost,
2: couldn't you? Yeah, exactly.
0: I guess. Well, I mean, you know, you can road test it on the IFS Turbo. Where we, yeah, do I might do mucking about
2: newsletter news from around the world of mucking about.
0: But the the main thing on this this page, page fourteen, is the greatest living Englishman feature, yeah. which started in issue one, and that went on and on and on. It became a book where they collected all of these, which I've got a copy of somewhere. Um, and for the very first greatest living Englishman, you'd think they could choose someone. I think they might choose someone obvious, like you know Bobby Moore, yeah, or maybe Billy Connolly, or just someone who is glorious. But they've just yeah. gone, they've gone a bit left field, and they've chosen Dave. From the Winchester in minder, which is a stroke of genius.
2: <coughs> it was a real definitive thing as well when you first picked the mag up, wasn't it? When you yeah, saw that they'd both This, this, him. this it really tells f-
0: you what the magazine is, doesn't it? Yeah,
2: they planted their flag. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other magazines that came in the, in the wake of Loaded would not have gone for Dear from the Winchester. No. They would have gone for Bobby Moore or someone like that. They would have gone for the obvious. Isn't Bad Kingdom Brunel, maybe? Somebody like that, but no, dear from minder.
2: I felt that the mags that followed, many of which I wrote for or maybe worked for in a more like official capacity, but they were more like Jeremy Clarkson's worldview of being a bloke. Whereas Loaded, I don't know whose worldview you'd you'd compare it to, but um, it was certainly not kind of obvious. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It wasn't like 10 great ways to mix a fucking Bloody Mary, was it?
0: They're not they're not <clears throat> they're not saying to the readers we're just the same as you. They're saying no, we're, we're like you but, but we're a bit fucking mental. Yeah. Yeah. We're a bit weird. We've got a little bit more imagination probably. Yeah. So it's it's Dave, um and it's uh written by Pete Campbell. Uh it's a great piece. Um He has the loyalty of a Beagle on Forty a Day, he says about Dave. <laughs> Dave is a great character. He was brilliant um, eh? I mean, I've got Dave above Terry McCann in my list of minder characters. I've said this before, it's controversial.
2: I uh, find I've Terry got- McCann just an irritant who moans constantly at Arthur. <laughs> yeah. He's just, all he does is moan. He's never yeah. fun or funny. The bits with him in, the only good bits with Terry in is the fighting.
0: The fighting, yeah. Everything <laughs> else so. with him in,
2: you know, oh God, unless he's fighting, <clears throat> I don't want to fucking look at him.
0: Yeah. The best character reminder is, of course, Detective Sergeant Chisholm.
2: Yeah, Chisholm, because um, he's such a cunt.
0: Yeah, and he's just so irritated constantly by Arthur Daly. Yeah. Arthur Daly's the second best character. <clears throat> I imagine Dave, I'll have Dave third. I'll tell you, you I really like
2: amongst the cameos is Ray Winston who plays, he's like Scrappy Doo because he's like, I think he's Terry's cousin. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what he's called. But there's a great episode on in, the river where they're being chased by what Ray Winston calls the river filth.
0: Yeah. Wasn't John Alford in it for a bit as well as Justin or someone like that? He played... He
2: is wrote, that Nick Cotton? Uh, Arthur's,
0: no. I'm oh, not John Alford then. Oh, wasn't John Alford in Grange Hill?
2: Oh. Is that... Yeah, um, he played Robbie in Grange Hill, didn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, Robbie. Yeah, we've talked about did him before, then, yeah. Did
0: he then go on to be in Minder?
2: I don't know. I'm that sounds, off. but that sounds very much like Minder was more like. Uh, you're talking about the Ray Daly years.
0: Ah, it was Mark Farmer who was also in um, Grinchell, I think. I well, mean, he wasn't in Grinchell. He was in Johnny Jarvis, and then he played Justin from 1984 to 1989. He was like a recurring character. Right. Oh, he sadly died in 2016. Fuck oh, me. Oh
2: my god. Oh my god. And what? so it comes round again.
0: move on move on 2016 the curse of 2016 so yeah you've got the um yeah great piece there about dave Uh, minder is of course
2: a brilliant series but mate when it gets to ray daly i just gave up on it are they worth watching at all Mm. still good is it still
0: good to paraphrase mark a smith if it's arthur daly and your granny on bongos it's still minder
2: Right, okay.
0: As long as Arthur Daly's in there. Yeah. And Arthur Daly played by George Cole, not by Shane Ritchie.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. What was that? Was it? Was that just a reboot?
0: It was a reboot, but Shane Ritchie played Arthur's nephew or something like that. Or I can't uh, remember. Yeah. Channel 5 did it when Channel 5 first launched.
2: Yeah, stupid.
0: And um, it, nah, it didn't take off, did it? No. I'll find some more information about that. Ritchie Minder, British comedy drama series in 2009 and Ritchie, Archie Daly, six episodes. Yeah,
2: I can't move it.
0: Hmm. I'd be interested to see it again, see if it is any good, but I don't remember it being any good. Uh, Leon Griffiths, who wrote the original series of Minder, uh, worked on it, so there is that kind of lineage, if that's the word, from the original version, so I don't know. Might be, might be better than we remember. We were just probably all disappointed because there was no Arthur Daly in it. Might be all right. Might be out on DVD. Might be available in a local charity shop. Don't know. Um. Anyway, we'll move on because this was the thing that stood out first of all for me when I first opened this magazine, probably even more so than Liz Hurley. And it's right. the Sampdoria team photo shoot mm. where they all dressed up as fighter pilots. Yeah. Um. And got photographed in and around some fighter jets. Um, and I don't know whether this is the pre season thing. Uh, David Platt, of course, was playing for Sampdoria at the time. He explains, He said it's an idea that Vialli and Mancini had so that we take loads of interesting photographs of the players in unusual situations and sell them in the club shop. The proceeds go to a charity, which is usually a children's hospital in Genoa. Uh, Good idea, first isn't it? team. The first year's pictures are all-style football teams with big mustaches and their hair gelled back and stuff. Second year was a classroom with everyone dressed up like school kids, and the third year was Hell's Angels. Des Walker was in that one. This year it's the Top Gun theme. So that's a great idea. That's way ahead of its time in terms of you know football content because back then this is just the, the the beginning of the Premier League, and you just still have teams lining up in those rows of three for the team photograph shoot and everything and mm. uh, you know we didn't have stuff like you have now where on Sky Sports where the players walk up to the screen and yeah. smile or wink oh. or whatever or they look, sometimes
2: they look aggressive like they want to fight you I don't like that yeah I'm trying to relax and I get intimidated because fucking Jordan Henderson's giving it fucking large in my fucking face yeah I find myself shouting fucking come on then like that to the yeah. telly. And then I calmed down, being Swear I was look just look on the telly. telly. Yeah. Yeah. Kick my own fucking telly it's in.
0: What... It's easily done. Um so yeah, this was like i I've never ever seen anything this like this from footballers.
2: Um no. Yeah, it does look cool, so doesn't it? A... And what what a lineup, yeah. mate. You got um you got Platt, you got Mancini, you got a, uh, Lombardo, you got um yeah. Hullett. Um, yeah. who was having a sort of um, you know a, a second sort of wind to his or like third third probably yeah. Cause he you remember him at Milan mostly don't in you Milan. in, their, in Milan's yeah. heyday but then he he came he came and uh, had a great spell at Sampdoria as well um, although uh, this who, was after they would won the league they won the league by surprise didn't they in like yeah. 91 I think this was after that, and but the old Sven's in charge. I was
0: going to say, who's the manager at the front there, who, of course, yeah. will be lapping up all of this shit? It's Sven-Goran <laughs> Eriksson.
2: Uh, and removed all of this. Rude, just <clears throat> think of the amount of fanny we will get out of these fighter pilot shoots. Have you, uh, Rude, have you seen Top Gun? <laughs> Come on, Bosch, Stop talking about the fanny all the time. We're here to play football. <laughs>
0: Uh, And, um, yeah, Platt, he says, Mancini's the main man as far as organisations concerned. He does a lot of work for charity. He's a superb bloke, a brilliant bloke, and his popularity around here in the whole area is amazing. Uh, you get that vibe from Mancini still to this day, don't you? Mm,
2: Mancini's he, he, a good guy. He, I always have liked Mancini, and he was such a great player as well, but, he I don't know, when he was manager of City, he, mm. like, seemed to, like... Uh, not get on with the players all the time there was like people always thought he was too strict or too arrogant or something like yeah. that but you know he's he certainly he won the league and then he won the fucking Euros he, he handed England their asses didn't he in the Euros so yeah
0: yeah got a lot of time for
2: Mancini but Viatti's um, not in these shots he must have left by then because he went to Juventus so is he
0: not in here
2: he's <clears> not there not, like,
0: no the, uh, there's a
2: there's a great defender in the picture called Viecovod do you remember him he's like next yeah. to Lombardo um, and there was uh, Pagluka the keeper great team this was like real still football it- Gazetta Italia on Channel 4 era where you yeah. actually you know I, I wouldn't this know was... any of the lineups for Italian teams anymore but I knew them all then
0: yeah this is my favourite Italian team when, when
2: football was Santoria the ones you followed
0: Yes, they were my favourites on the Italian scene. Well,
2: they do have a nice kit as well, don't they?
0: They did. That's true. That is true. Uh, Of course, lots of people would mispronounce the name of the club as Sampadoria.
2: Sampadoria, that's a bit of a Ron Atkinsonism, isn't it? Sampadoria, Juventus, and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. (coughs) Yeah, Um, And then just next to that, there's uh, a chance for you to give your views on Lorded. Uh, yeah. and uh, there's a phone number for you to ring, a research hotline.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> you'll be answered a number of short questions, and your answers will help us make loaded even more the kind of magazine you want to read. Ugh. On the other hand, we might ignore you completely and carry on
2: regardless. Yeah, brilliant. That's the spirit. Imagine ringing and- out, hello, yeah, I've just had your mag, yeah? Uh, it's shit, I think it's shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, you stink of poo, bye-bye. Can I, do I still get the free beer? Well, that's it,
0: yeah. Um, you could win a creative calling. 25 people from the first 500 callers uh, will win a kind of 4.1% calling black label. Ugh. Still going calling, so I'm not. You, really you could
2: win, mate. So what you do is you ring up, you leave a message saying what you thought of the mag, and then only if you were one of the first 500 to ring up, mind you, you then mm. get put into a draw with yeah. 499 other people, right? Yeah. So the odds aren't great. And then if you're lucky enough to fucking triumph, well, all yeah. you get is tr- is 24 cans of Carlin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: cans of Carlin available there. What's not to love about that? Um, I guess. I think I probably will have drunk Carlin back in 1994. It was a bit again. of a
2: desperation beer, wasn't it? Is it still going?
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was. I just said, yeah, I'd seen an advert for it last week. And it was one Um, of those adverts where you've got um, what people, what what advertising agencies think football fans are like.
2: Oh, yeah. Carlin have always been like kings uh, amongst that crowd, haven't they?
0: (laughs) All of them, you know, hanging out together on the sofa, watching the big match. Yeah. And um, playing pranks on each other. Um, And really like
2: standing up and like every single part of their emotional existence hanging Mm. On a goal as it goes slowly towards the goal, with with, and it slows so it slows down so slow, Andy, that you can see the tiny drops of rain on the ball, and everything stands still because the football fan is such a fucking imbecile, such an, such an, 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 it's so emotionally backward, right? That whether a ball goes into a net will Mm. define. Everything about him. Right? Mm. They're that they're they're pathetic. That's how the people trying to flog you beer and gambling and indeed football, that's how they see you, lads. Yeah. They have nothing but contempt for you. They think you are not even two dimensional. They think you're one dimensional.
0: Yeah, you're just an amoeba.
2: Surrounded yeah.
0: by a skeleton and skin. Uh Carlin Premier though, do you remember that? That was a great drink.
2: Carlin, Carlin Ice. Pre- was it Carlin Do you remember no, Ice Carlin, versions Carlin, of beers? Might,
0: Carlin Premier was like smooth.
2: Oh, I don't know whether it was a like... A like It sort was
0: of filtered or something. It was, it, it was, yeah. It sounds kind of, like Caffrey's. Oh, it, Yeah, it kind of was. I was fucking hooked on it. I used to go to a pub <laughs> in Sunderland. There wasn't many pubs that did it in Sunderland, and we we would just go to the ones that did Carlin Premier. Really?
2: yeah oh I wonder why it fucking went out I I think the same, about Caffreys, these beers well no it's beers beers all fashion isn't it because now I was just thinking you'd never get Carlin in draft in a pub because you know now if I go in a pub with a mate drinks beer half the time they're going can I have a fucking taste of that one yeah do you mind if I have a taste you're like just fucking what what's going on since (laughs) I quit this scene everyone's fucking got fussy about the beer what happens just going in and ordering the strongest lager I thought that was so much simpler.
0: Yeah, i just go off whether you like the name of it, how, how strong it is percentage-wise.
2: I liked just the idea have, of it being foreign. It. I didn't like anything that had the whiff of any English-speaking la- la- yeah. nation. So certainly not English or Australian or American. Steer clear of them and you'd go, all right, usually...
0: I've just remembered there was an off-licence in Scotland a couple of years ago that was selling cans of Carlin Premier. I might have to go back there and see if they're still doing that. Look
2: okay, at that, mate. Do you know what this is reminding me of? The fucking Malakantire Tyre extra-mature cheddar situation. The cheese thing, yeah. Dis- discontinued delicious things. Maybe fucking that's a, maybe that's another little list we do on the IFS.
0: Uh, you'll see one of the stand-up comedians will be doing podcast series about that. Uh, what,
2: what's, what's your favourite, favourite discontinued... Discontinued thing? with delicious. fucking a- Robin Short... And and Guy fucking Brown, right? Each Josh week. Winchester. Hi, I'm Robin and I'm Guy, and each week we look back on the great products that no longer exist. No, do no, you remember
0: Spangles? It's, it's one of them, and a different guest every week. Because God, you oh, can't have a double that works together.
2: Oh, actually, we better be careful, fucking lampooning podcasts like that, because some, someone will do it to us, and they'll have ample material.
0: Oh yeah true okay uh we'll leave it there then we'll pick it up again with some more loaded next week uh the next thing in in the magazines an interview with paul weller i'm not interested in that
2: uh, you're not interested okay. in that <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck> him.
0: <laughs> thank you very much and goodbye goodbye